Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio, Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Line 365 in this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. In the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th. It is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Majel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. The following program will change the way you think and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listeners, discretion is advised. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio, the station for inspiration.
transformation in educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside of the walls. We want to start off with a prayer. We want to start off with thanking God for even allowing us to be free and have a platform to even speak on, to share our different experiences and uh, share his love and uh, uh, pass on his message and uh, try to work on a ministry that can reach uh, people in a different way. So anyway, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we thank you for all the wonderful things you are doing in our lives, Lord. Father, we thank you for all the things we cannot see that you do, Father. The little things, Lord, that have to be done in order for our lives to stay in line, Lord. We love you so much, and we thank you, Lord, for uh, coming here today to sell life and sharing time with us and uh, experiences and allowing us to do the same, Lord. We thank you with all our heart, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I want to say, okay, this is Cell Life. Now, this is an unconventional ministry. Uh, uh, we, uh, we, are, we are coming from a, uh, from, a, from a prison cell that we built in the free world. I was, I was released on January 17th of 2020. If, you, if it's your first time to tune in, I'm just going to give you a short rundown of, of, of our particular plight, of our experiment of our project, of our uh, beauty, uh, of, of the things that God is doing in, in, in our particular life. So I got out January 17th of 2020, uh, right before COVID really started uh, stopping people from being released. And my release was a forced release. My sister forced them to release me behind some, uh, just behind some old clerical errors. So it was a perfect storm. So I got out. I had been planning this project to build a cell in the free world and stay in it for a year and work on my personal transformation, uh, maybe do some reading, uh, talking with family, uh, working through different issues. My mother died while I was away. Me and my sisters and my son and my ex-wife and my nieces and nephews had not really talked about that and had not dealt with that, and she was the rock in our family. So there was just a lot of things that I thought were going to be coming at me too fast. So I decided to build a cell, a prison cell, in the free world. Now, I believe today is day 96. I, I, I get the days mixed up. We're, 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 oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. We're day 103. I am tripping. Uh, we are in day 103. So uh, we are just three and a half months into this thing, and I'm telling you, uh, God has been moving powerfully, powerfully. I've had very, very, very little resistance, and I've had uh, tons of support. And uh, Cell Life is a show that is uh, brought together and and put together by 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 many people. Uh, that that just believe in what I'm doing and also have a story to tell and also want to make a change and realize that if you want to make a change in this world, we have to start with ourselves. And that's what these people are de- doing. We're being proactive. And uh, that's what these men and women coming out of prison 
uh, need to know. We need to be proactive before we even think about being released. We need to be on top of our game constantly in prison on learning and reading and, and, and teaching and, and uh, communicating and uh, uh, staying up, up to date on, on current events, politics, uh, uh, religion, you know, all these different things we need to be on top of so that we can make nice, educated decisions when we get out. So I don't know what's going on. Okay, we're okay. Oh, yeah, someone's trying to call me, but that's okay. We're just going to have to wait. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, cell life, we're not going away. We're here to stay, and we are going to try to put together a movement of uh, both sides, uh, the correctional officer side and the inmate side. Now, we have a great show planned for you all today. We have a wonderful uh, couple, uh, friends of mine, uh, friends of the show, and uh, people that I uh, have tons of respect for and have uh, shared on my Facebook show many, many times. And uh, we just got to know Chelsea, who is his wife. Now, Tyler is a correctional officer. We're not going to say where he's at uh, just because we don't want him uh, getting no flat for uh, coming on and sharing his story with us, him and his wife's story. So uh, anyway, uh, I want to kind of introduce them. Uh, I've, I've been told that they are live with us right now on the line. So I just want to kind of introduce them a little bit. Now, Sandra Grace was also scheduled to be on uh, live with us today, but uh, they are having some complications. Her brother is having some complications uh, due to COVID, and we want to be praying for them and lifting them up in prayer. And Sandra Grace is not feeling too well at the moment either. I just I just spoke to her, so we want to lift her up. She is part of our family, and plus she is just a very – a generous, very uh, wonderful, wonderful person. So, and we need to be praying for her and her brother. So I just wanted to put that out there. But anyway, okay, so let's go along with Tyler and Chelsea. I'm sure we're going to have a great show. I mean, Sandra Grace would have added a great element, a more professional element to some of our, uh, uh, to some of our thoughts. But I believe that uh, uh, Tyler and Chelsea will do just fine. So, uh, this is their uh, little bio that they sent me. I asked them to send me a release that I can read to y'all and just give y'all a little bit of information on them. So it says, Tyler and Chelsea Hamrick have been married for three years and currently living in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Tyler is in his third year of being a full-time correctional officer at a close custody state prison, and Chelsea is a stay-at-home mom. Prior to motherhood, Chelsea worked as a nurse in a state and mental health facility. Her unit consisted of 28 male inmates. Our fields may be slightly different, but dealt with symptoms. So that's that's our uh, release about Tyler and uh, Chelsea, his wonderful wife. I just want to say hello to them. Hello, Tyler and Chelsea. How are y'all doing? Hey, man. Hello. You doing all right? 
I'm good. I'm good. Tyler, how are you? I, it has been a good day so far. We are just relaxing as much as we can, but I am doing pretty well. Good, good. And Chelsea, Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm so uh, grateful <laughs> that y'all decided to come on the show. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm really not sure what direction uh, y'all would kind of go. Uh, say, uh, Tyler, if, if 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 someone is not speaking, uh, just have them put the mute button on, brother. And then, right, and then when you get ready to speak, you can just unmute it. Okay, cool. So uh, what I want to kind of talk about, uh, I have taken some notes, and just from talking to y'all in the past, uh, you know, I, I, I want to know what it is. We just had a show, one of our best uh, viewing shows anyway on Facebook. It was about love. So uh, we're talking to a married couple, and I want to know how easy or how difficult has it been navigating y'all's relationship, especially with a with a newborn, and uh, still uh, dealing with the COVID. I know that Tyler, you're coming in and out of the prisons, uh, or in and out of the prison that you work at, but I know that there's got to be some fears of you know, bringing, bringing that stuff home, uh, uh, to your, to your family. I mean, I don't know the procedures that, that, that y'all go through, but I'm sure that you take, uh, uh extra precaution. I just want to kind of ask how that has affected y'all's family and how y'all operate on a daily basis. Well, I personally would like to think that it has affected it somewhat. Um, I know whenever, COVID has really started and we had a case or so in our prison. Um, I kind of waxed on it a little bit since then, but um, I would basically I'd take off all my clothes outside, strip down. Um, I would have to sanitize everything, uh, shoot my boots, my utility belt, uniforms, uh, everything to hold my like nameplate, whistle, everything. Just everything had to be sanitized. And then um, now they actually, we have to get our temperature taken before we go into work. We wear masks 24-7. So that really eases, at least for me, it does. I can't really speak for Chelsea because we're two different people. So she probably has different opinions than I do. Um, But to me, it's definitely with COVID and everything going on, it's definitely still a little nervousness because you got those people that can have it and don't show signs. So... There's no more handshaking, um, no more anything like – no. we don't shake down inmates anymore. Uh, so it's definitely changed a lot of things at work as well. But um, I'm a little bit more lax with it than what I was when everything first started happening. It's just – to me, it became like a – it's starting to become a normal kind of culture for me. Yeah, how is it – how has it – how has it spread or how has it uh, – uh, how how has it been in your facility as far as the COVID being uh, uh, being passed around, or was it was it contained? I mean, how how, how did it go with that process there there at your place? 
thankfully it was only two staff that has caught COVID that I know of. And um, everything, no inmates have it. No inmates have gotten it since it started, but uh, everybody is still enforced to wear masks. Um, we have our cleaning schedule vamped up. It's they're cleaning 24 seven. There's got those guys in there. They really try to, they, they don't want to catch it as much as we don't want to catch it. So sure. we really try to keep everyone clean and we do wow, have great. two quarantine places, one for, like, it's 1300 men there right now. Um, we have a gym for like basically the right side of the prison. And then we have, um, another place that it's like a little mini seg segregation place that we have sure, that we never sure. use. And that's our second place that we have for quarantine. So just in case if anything happens and then we have regulations, we have different kind of codes. If it's a, it depends on if somebody has just has a cold, we must go whenever we do our cell walks or doing our times and everything, making our hourly rounds. Every time we enter that pod, we have to wear obviously our masks, gloves, full PPE, everything, just to make sure the staff is safe as well. So that's it. They've been making really good steps with that. And I really, I'm really glad that they're the steps that they're making basically. So that is amazing. It's amazing to know that y'all have not had a COVID uh, inmate patient or a COVID positive on the unit. That is crazy. That is wonderful, actually. Uh, we need to model, not that we're going to reveal where you're at, but we would love to study that and how we can, you know, model those things because in Texas – we have had outbreak after outbreak, and I'm talking about major outbreaks. Right now, on some units, it is you know, uh, you know, at least a third of the population is positive, and that's just because other people haven't been tested. Uh, just a lot of things, man. It's very, very bad here right now. So I don't know. I haven't. I was at the prison yesterday uh, at a rally, and. Uh, I know that the wives, the the prison wives, the cell life, my girls, who all got men that are incarcerated, they're very good friends of mine and friends of the show, but they their numbers are only showing uh, increases. They're not showing decreases, and they're not really giving deaths uh, accurately, I believe. Uh, you know, Tyler, Tyler, where we are, it, it, it's it's a lot more good old boy. Keep your mouth shut. If you see something type uh, uh, thing, all officers are on the same page. They got their own gang. They got their own uh, 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 you know uh, uh, brotherhood more or less. So I mean, it, it's just. I know that they're keeping things from us because I did 30 years down there. You, you know what I'm saying? I know. I worked in the offices where these things are talked about. I know. But anyway, besides that, let's get back to uh, – I want to talk to Chelsea, uh, if you don't mind, Tyler, about how it has affected her personally uh, with you uh, working – 
uh, inside of the prisons with a newborn, which is, you know, very serious. Uh, how old is Chills? Uh, how old is the baby? Um, so he's actually two. He has a birthday coming up. Okay, okay. So, but he's but it still that's very young. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a little guy. So I was just wondering how that. Uh, I mean, because I've had family members not even want me coming over, and I've been quarantined. You know, I've been in a cell just because they have children. And they're just scared to death that anything could possibly happen. So I just, I just want to know how y'all have, uh, you know, made it through this. And and I know it's been difficult. And uh, you know, uh, and plus I just want to hear your side of working in the system. Just, just kind of give me an overview of 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 your whole. Story, uh, Chelsea, because really this ain't a, this ain't about Tyler. We we really want to hear from <laughs> Chelsea. Okay, um, so as far as like you know, um, the area that we live in, still like we wear our masks, we everything, but it's nowhere near prominent as like the bigger cities. Friend in California, and if you don't, then you get fined. And here sure. it's not like that. So we, we've been really lucky. Um, but because we're in a, like a high-risk area, we still have to take those precautions. So we still wear our mask and stuff. Um, and, you know, with Tyler working at the prison, you never know what's going around because there's so many people at such tight quarters. Um, so it's easily to spread. Um, so like Tyler was saying, like we have a back porch area. And when he would come home, he would have to take everything off outside. We had to spray everything, um, you know, and the clothes go straight in the washer by themselves. Um, And, like, the hardest thing for us is when he comes home, he wants to run to him. And it's really hard telling him no, you know, because he has to go straight in the shower. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's really hard having to tell him that. I know it's really hard for Tyler because that's one of the things he looks forward to when he comes home from work. And, you know, he just has to kind of keep his distance. Yeah, 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 because I know, I know, I remember some of the sweetest times in in my, in my uh, memory of coming home from work was when my son would just run up to me and, you know, and, and, and that was, those are, I'm telling you, those are some of the, I don't have many memories of my son yeah. because of my, because of my mistakes, but the ones that I do is I remember those and they were the dearest, you know, they just couldn't yeah. wait till you got home, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess once it first bit, it was hardest because our son, he doesn't understand what's going on. And that is the first thing we wanted to do was with young dad and having to keep separated. But, you know, now I think our son kind of has the routine where he knows now that, you know, dad has things he needs to do first and then play. So it's getting a little easier. Well, that's good. 
that's good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's getting better. The uh, uh, so, tell me a little bit about about your work prior to uh, becoming a a, a uh, stay at home mother. Uh, prior to yeah, okay. your, uh, I want to hear a little bit about that, or I want to hear as much as you want to talk about it. Okay, um, yeah, so it was 28 inmates. Um, they were actually coming from jail. They weren't coming from prison. Um, but, you know, um, and what, where I was for mental health. Um, so we see things I can't hear you that good, Chelsea. What about now? Okay, you're good now. Okay, so um, so we had 28 inmates, and they were coming from jail. They um, they were not in prison yet, um, or whatever their situation was. Um, but we've seen everything from, you know, PTSD, schizophrenia, um, even just depression and anxiety. Um, so my role, I guess, um, is I interacted with them the most um, because we did have doctors and caseworkers and um, like registered nurses. Um, they were there, too. But, of course, they have paperwork and other things that they have to do. So I was just there, like, basically one-on-one and helping with their treatment and um, just, like, their everyday stuff. Like, I also did feedings. Um, so we would pass out trays. Um, Medication. Pretty much, like, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, I would help them with their laundry if, if they didn't know how because a, a lot of them had never even worked a washing machine before. Sure, so we sure. were just kind of yeah. So we were just there. It was me and off the top of my head, there was like six of us all together, um, where we would just you know, a lot of the time we just hung out a lot. Um, we would talk to them about certain <laughs> things depending on what they had going on. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a great experience. <laughs> so did you? Uh, uh, I mean I know that there's a stigma behind uh, uh, the word convict or uh, prisoner or stuff like that. But I just want to know, uh, through, through, through your experience dealing with these men, and, and look, I'm not, try- I'm not trying to make light of any crimes that men, is, that men have committed. You know, that's not – but I want to I talk about the humanity of the man when he is in – a situation as 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 he was in this I guess it was a hospice of some some sort I don't know uh that, yes, that, it was a that hospital. okay and uh you know uh I don't know men that I have met in prison when it comes to uh death of maybe family members or maybe of themselves uh they tend to get really really uh, uh, real and really not, not, I don't know, it's like it's like whatever they had done in the past, they just to me I have just seen so much remorse and so much uh, 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 guilt and shame and wanting to release that uh, and give it to God 
And uh, that's just things I've experienced with men that have died around me and knew they were dying. Uh, I don't know, was it a hospice to get better or were they, were they at a stage of, in, 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 in their sickness where it was inevitable? Um, so there was different units. Um, this hospital in particular, once you reach age 65, then you were transferred to a different facility. Um, there was, I believe, two deaths um, while I was working there. Um, but the guys that I worked with, um, a lot of them were young. They were anywhere from like 19 I worked with some men in their 40s, their 50s. Um, they did have a long-term unit um, for guys that needed a lot more help. Um, and and as far as, like, their past goes, it was all different kinds of crimes. There were some that had committed murder, um, robbery. It, it was pretty much anything. And sure. when they when they did come in, like, the, the unit that I worked on specifically, it was more of a acute situation. So they would come to us and um, they would have their diagnosis, whether it be de- uh, depression or, you know, what have you. Um, and then we would get them on the proper medication. And then the caseworkers would go from there, depending on their charges. Um, so just dealing with committing their crimes and, it, it was very hard on them. It was mentally, you know, it just felt like they had the weight of the world on their shoulders and they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know as far as their charges went. Um, they were still waiting to see the judge. A lot of them. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Because you said it wasn't, they weren't actually sentenced yet. Yes. Yeah. So what happened was, is that they were on the street and they committed their crime and then they were sent to jail, um, but the jail determined that they had some type of mental illness going on, so they were sent to us, and then we would determine, you know, their medication needs and things like that. And then um, eventually, I believe they were sent back to the jail so they could um, see the judge. But sometimes yeah, the judges were also brought to the hospital, depending on each individual person and what their needs were. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And and, and, and so, I think it, it, it really sounds to me as if uh, y'all have a really good system, uh, a good infrastructure for, for, for these kinds of things where, where, where y'all are located. Uh, it, it seems to me like that from Tyler's, some of the things I've spoke to Tyler about, and it seems to me that uh, they have a nice infrastructure when it comes to medical uh, in some sort, uh, because it sounds nothing. It sounds the exact opposite as it does in Texas to me. But, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm biased, of course, but, I mean, I also have ears to hear and uh, a mind to uh, think and make decisions based on uh, accurate information. I'm, I'm, I mean, if I don't know why we don't model, why Texas does not model against or uh, uh, with prisons that are being productive, that are actually turning out uh, less recidivism. I know that 
uh, one of the uh, main things is y'all uh, y'all have one of the of the least recidivism rates in the country, and uh, that's a big deal. That's that's a hard number to get to, because men often uh, reoffend uh, uh, quite frequently here in Texas because of economic right. situations. Well, there's a lot of reasons because they're not ready, economics, uh, society. There, there's like there's a million reasons. But the ba- the bottom line is is that we need to take our lives back, and uh, that is what I'm in the process of doing. But let's get back. I want to get back to uh, Tyler and ask him about just his everyday uh, activity uh, when you're working with the prisoners, uh, because I want to see the contrast. And the the similarities, if there are any, and I want to point out the dissimilarities of a daily routine that you would go in and uh, work with the men in the unit. Would you go into the unit? Were you in a pod outside of the unit pushing numbers, opening doors? Do you interact with them? I just want to know the different ways that y'all are making a difference because that that that. All these different things together seem to be the seem to be what's making the difference. So anyway, let me quit talking because y'all know I'm long winded, and I want to hear from Tyler if you can remember any of what I said, sir. I know I said a lot, and uh, you know you're my boy, so you better come strong. I need you. Come on with it, Tyler. The floor is yours. I want to hear what you got to say, brother. Oh man, it, even with COVID going on right now, everything's still business as normal for me. Uh, get there at 5.45 in the morning and leave at 6.15 probably later at night. Um, so first thing that happens, obviously you go in the morning, you count, make sure you have all your inmates there. And then um, sometimes it depends on the day, if I, depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, I do six hours in a booth and that's letting inmates in their cell, out of their cell. And then I'll do another six hours on the floor where I'm on the floor with them. I'll talk to them. I'll make sure everybody's following the um, the policies and everything. I'll search cells all day. Um, it, it really, really is. Uh, it, it really sounds a little different from Texas. Um, at least um, what I what I hear and what I see is obviously like documentaries and stuff like that. I've yeah. seen some Texas documentaries, and uh, it's obviously <laughs> it's, it's obviously not um, like the longest yard. I can tell you that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I expect. It, it, <laughs> there's some similarities what you were just saying with uh, when when an officer comes on for duty, uh, he'll do six hours inside a pod, uh, uh, punching numbers, opening doors. Uh, uh, and then the other six he'll 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 spend on the floor, and so that's similar. So, but when yep. you get into to your duties, it's where they get uh, unsimilar, because uh, uh, here uh, it just sounds. No, go ahead. I just want you to keep going. My bad. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, uh, Chelsea, she she's texting me. And she wants me to bring up the story about the rabbit that I told you. Okay. Do you remember the rabbit story? Sure, I remember. 
<laughs> but she she wants me to, she wants me to bring this up because I don't know if y'all deal Tell with it. Tell me about it. Tell me about okay. it because I want to know. I also want to know how you are when you shake down because you know there's levels of officers that shake down different ways, and uh, uh, you know because there's some petty shit that don't. Oh, oh, please forgive me. There's some petty <laughs> stuff that doesn't need to be messed with. You know what I'm saying? There's some oh, maybe. Please forgive me. I, I do that. That's my second time, y'all. I, I, I when when I tend to get into these uh, heated conversations about prison, uh, uh, I've been out for four months. I tend to use words that I've been using for the last four years uh, to express myself, and I'm getting better at it. And I apologize. Please forgive me. Uh, but 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 I do want to say. Uh, Try to get back on track on what I was asking you, Tyler. Is that uh, we we're going to get into the uh, to the uh, rabbit story? But I want to. But I also want to know is what type of officer are you when you go in shake down? Now I know there's by the book, but there's also by the book that you can get them in line by the book. If something ain't right, you don't have to take it. You can say, "Hey, look out." Look out, Chief. I need you to get that straightened up. Y'all know what time it is. Uh, you know, I got my, my rank might come on and pod. You know, I don't want to hear no shit. You know, I don't want to hear no stuff from my from from my ranking officers. when he, you, you know, I just want to hear what type of an officer you are and how you communicate with the, with the inmates because I've seen a bunch of them, and I just want to uh, kind of grade you. That's all. So, really... Whenever I go on a cell, I go by off of you. Um, I I've talked to you multiple times. If they if they want to try to put some things on me, they want to try to post up with me a little bit. I I can body them a little bit. So um, it, it's really up to my discretion. If they're pretty relaxed with me, I'm relaxed with you. If you're not relaxed with me, I am going to go by the book 100%. I will take every little thing. It all depends on how you treat me as a person. Because I sure. think they were both equal, and I am. If you're gonna be petty with me, I'm gonna be petty with you. It is. It is just like the thing. It is just like the golden rule: be treated how you want to be treated. Sure. That is how I am whenever I sell. So no, that, that's that is that is how it is with me. Now, if I can't speak with the other person that's with me, that's how it is with me. Okay, so you have to have another you have to have another officer with you. Yes, it has to be two in cell, just because of safety reasons, and um, oh. just because they can't say that I went in that cell and the inmate said something to me, so I just slammed this TV on the ground, stuff like that. Right. For right. See, they go in, so. they go in one at a time over here. They wait till everybody goes to chow, and then they'll then oh. they'll pop. Yeah, they'll wait. Yeah, they'll wait for everybody. To, they'll wait for everybody to go to chow. Then they'll pop certain doors, and there's nobody on the run. Then they'll go into their doors by themselves. Nope, nope. You can't see what they're doing, and they'll go in there and they'll shake you down. And when you and you come back from chow, you're shook down. Your stuff's missing. I, I've done that, um, especially if there's a 
I'll be honest, I have done that, especially if it's, uh, you hear there's, like, might be drugs or, um, I don't know how you call it over in Texas, shanks, anything like that. Sure, um, sure. Then Paraphernalia, contraband. Because well. I, I have fought a guy over maybe a quarter of a suboxone strip. And right. uh, it's not a fun day. So... Now that that's uh, that that is the one reason why I would do it whenever they're not there. But usually you're in there. I want you to watch what I'm doing. I want you to see what I'm taking. For one, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to ask you why you have it. I will ask questions all day on why you have something. I don't care how small it is. I just want to know. And yeah. For the other reason, I'm there till I'm there for 12 hours, so I got to make my day go by as well. So I yeah, yeah. I ask questions. Every single thing, and plus I gotta do paperwork on at the end at uh, after every single one to do. So, so nine times about, out of ten, you're not going to charge. Um, as long as they're as long as they're respectful, I'll talk to my sergeant or something like that and be like, "Hey, they gave me no problems. I gave them a warning. I'm not going to charge them, write them up, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it over there." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, if they if they have alcohol and they're drunk or something like that, and start becoming belligerent to me and things like that, most definitely they're going to get a charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's me. say, let's. How is the tattoo the tattoo business over there? Let's say you found, uh, <laughs> you, 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 let's say you searched a, a a cell and you found a tattoo gun wrapped in a sock or whatever with with the ink and everything. Uh, the guy's got a fresh tattoo. They're out of place. Uh, one guy done fell out from another from from another part of the prison, and his celly's over there. You know they're switched out, but they're fixing to get through, and they're fixing to get they're fixing to switch they're fixing to run chow, and they're gonna switch out and chow. But you bust them right before this goes down. So, first off, I'll ask them if that tattoo's done yet. Right. I'll ask me like, so how much? Well, again, like I said, it depends on how they come up on me. It all depends on how they come up on me. Uh, I'll ask me like, how much longer you got on that tattoo? Um, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I have tattoos myself. I know what they look like and everything. So, uh, yeah, you know when they're fresh. They yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't try to tell me you got some skin condition going on. I know what it looks like when a needle hits skin. Right. Um, Usually it depends on how they treat me and things like that, but uh, nine times out of ten, that tattoo gun's going to leave with me that time. Unless you, you tell me you got like an hour or two, go go ahead and finish that tattoo. Go ahead and finish it up. But uh, right, 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 right. I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that tattoo from you. Right, 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 right. I'll be back. I'll be back when y'all are through to pick up my shit. Uh, exactly. Oh my god. Oh my thing. God! I am I am on a uh, y'all. Please forgive me. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> it's that prison talk, man. I understand. We are we are in it. We are in it. And I'm and and look, I I, I guess I guess because I'm talking to a guard. I don't know, uh, 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 Tyler. Uh, I don't know why. I don't. I don't usually. Uh, <laughs> It, yeah. It's that, uh, anyway, it is what it man. is. I'll be in trouble. I know I'm in trouble already. Go ahead. It, it's that prison talk. I get it. I get it. Um, we we talk to each other like we're grown men, like we're out 
out in the pot, or yeah. out, in, out in out in life. Um, I'm trying to censor myself as well, so I totally understand. Um, and I'm kind of feeling, and, and I kind of feel like I'm having a talk with you in prison. You know what I'm saying? You a guard, me an offender, me a, me me a convict. I think we're kind of having like if we're kind of feeling each other they out. They hate that name. To be honest with you. Yeah. They don't like being called offenders. Yeah, I don't like it either. I I say inmates. Um, but. Again, it depends on how you talk to me. I will call you offender because I know a lot of people hate that. I will call you offender if you uh, if you, if you address me the wrong way. I'm gonna address you the right way. Because usually I say inmate Johnson or whatnot. But if you come at me the wrong way, I'm gonna say offender Johnson. Yeah, I, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, I man. It, it really, like I said, it just depends on how you treat me. That is the officer I am. You be treat treat me how you want to be treated. If you want to treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. If you want to treat me disrespectful, hateful, I will treat you the same exact way. I'm not scared of doing that. Um, I just tell them to make sure they put make sure they spell my name right if they want to do a grievance on me or anything like that. That's the only right, thing. right, right. Ooh, I used to hate when an officer would say that because yeah. I, yeah, you know, that's like, yeah, uh, uh, make sure you spell it right. I'd be like, uh, uh, okay, I, I got it, you know. Hey, you but anyway, that's funny. That name is spelled. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but they say that a lot, too, just like to put a, put a little extra dagger into it. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I haven't said that. So. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. You know he's he, he's getting rowdy. He's out of hand. You know he's he's usually wrong. Look, I've been there. And then he and then you're like, look, man, put it on paper. Make sure you spell it right. I I have apologized maybe to probably about two inmates in my entire career doing this because whenever I, I'm in the wrong, if I'm in the wrong guy, I'm man enough to tell you I'm wrong. That that that's is what it is. And right. usually I'm not wrong. Just saying how it is. Usually I'm not wrong, but if well, I'm wrong, I I'll tell you that. I'm wrong. I see that. It's only been two times. Uh, 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 I need to get with you more uh, because I make I make a bunch of slip ups. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you whenever. See, I, I left the prison and I came back to the prison. I left the prison for a little while and I came back. Um, so. I, I had to readjust to the new way of how things are going versus whenever things were not that were not that way. It's changed a lot. And uh really I, I've read the policy from front to back. I, I can tell you almost anything. I can tell you charge wise, I could, I've read the entire book. I've read the um orientation that everybody that every inmate gets. I've read that from front to back, so I'm, if you want to play with me, you got the right one. That's like we talked about the other day. You got the right sure. one. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Tyler, me and Tyler, we talk, we talk on the phone uh, outside of uh, cell life, outside of the show, outside of the podcast. Tyler, Tyler is a friend of mine. 
that 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 I enjoy uh uh speaking to. But uh I want to uh I want to kind hey, Michael, of real quick. Go ahead, Tyler. Real, real real quick, we did get off subject a little bit. I didn't even get to tell yes. the story about the rabbit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tell us about the rabbit. Okay. So I came and work on my day off just because I have no life whatsoever, so I just wanted a little extra money, so I came in on my day off. Um, right. I went to go right. – I went to uh, my building that I, that I work in, and I just – I was like – I told the sergeant, I said, pick a number through 1 through 32. He picked a number. I went in there, and uh, that's as random as it can get. That is random as it can get. And uh, so I go in the cell, and I, as soon as I walk in, the inmate basically told me, uh, "Hey, CEO, don't uh, don't get scared, but there's a rabbit in there." And I, I used some words I'm not going to say on here, but I, I basically told me it's full of himself. Um, so I open up this uh, footlocker, and this rabbit jumps out, and. You you know how big them cells are. Me and my partner, two inmates, are in there trying to chase this trying to chase this rabbit in this in this cell. We were chasing it like it, it scared me because I think it popped on out. It scared me, and uh, so we're chasing this rabbit, and uh, I end up grabbing it. He wanted to keep it as a pet because somebody was going to cook it. So right. I told myself, no, we're gonna, I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever had to write a report on uh, confiscating a rabbit. Right. And uh, end up putting the rabbit back in the yard and letting it go as free as it wants to go. Hopefully it didn't get caught again. But, uh, yeah, man, that, that rabbit story, that that ha- that's the first that's ever happened, and I think it's hilarious. That is hilarious. Did you get – did you get any flack from your uh, from your coworkers uh, behind finding oh, a rabbit? Oh man, they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me for a little bit, so I brought him out in the so I brought him out in a sock. I took the guy's sock. <laughs> and, uh, I took the guy's sock because of the baby bunny, and I put the sock in. I, mean, I put the bunny in the sock. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up giving him the sock back, obviously, but. Uh, I just needed some, something to transport this bunny from point A to point B. So they didn't believe me, and I had this rabbit in the sock. And I said, Open, look in this sock. He's there. Yeah, he's in it. He, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. There, that is funny, man. There. And then uh, well, Chelsea wants me to bring up one more thing, and uh, that that would be all the stories that I have. I'm just free running it today, so. Yeah, no, that's good. Come on with it, Tyler. This is this is the this is the Chelsea and uh, uh, Tyler show. Yeah, man, I can keep going on forever, but I feel like I'm taking a little bit of her spotlight away. So <laughs> I would like to no, that's speak okay. If she, if she wants you to tell a story. You got to do what you you, you got to do what your wife I wants you to her do. As much as I can. So the other thing is, now don't quote me on the yearage because I'm not sure how many years he did. I think it was from '96 or maybe '94, one or the other. But uh, he ended up getting released. What was it? I think maybe like two two weeks ago, if even. He got released because he didn't do the crime that he was uh, 
that he said that 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 was said that he did it. He didn't do the crime. I it was murder. Exactly. Oh, it was murder. There she goes. She popped in for me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So they didn't have enough evidence and everything, and they ended up releasing him. Like I said, two or three weeks ago, and he already he took twenty some years of his life doing crimes that he did not commit. So, wow. And How crazy that was is that? Prison. That was in the prison I work in. Oh yes, I seen that. I I I, I saw that, Tyler. I did. You you uh you uh, sent me you, you sent me a, a a link to that. I absolutely watched that. That 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 was a wonderful story. I mean, it is wonderful that he's out. It is it is a tragedy that he had to go through what he did. Uh, and look. Look, there's men and there's men and women like that all over this country that that are doing that now. Now there's men and women all over this country that have committed the crimes like me. Every crime that I was ever convicted of, I was guilty. So so we're not, you know, this this show is not about uh, uh, taking anything away from the victims. Of some of these crimes uh, uh, You know We look at both sides We look at both sides And we definitely uh, But we are advocating For uh, for uh, prisoner reform For prison reform On a state level Now we got prison reform Tyler On a, on a federal level Pretty much That's going at a, at a nice pace but, you know, they talk about this prison reform on a state level, and it's just non-existent where I'm at. There is no prison reform. The prison reform in Texas is about making it worse, worse conditions for the inmates. You know, that is their prison reform. They're, 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 they're skewed in, in the way they are handling. So uh, that's that's kind of our uh that's kind of our flight uh or our our, our fight but uh you know uh I do want to talk I do want to talk with Chelsea more we are going to take a quick break and uh we're going to come back I want to talk a little bit about uh how 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 this how this is affected not to get too personal but how how has all this affected y'all's 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 family unit? Uh, I, uh, maybe even your mental health, Tyler. Uh, I don't know. We were going to have Sandra Grace on, so we had a lot of these type of questions, and we wanted to kind of get into y'all's brain about this. Now I am no, I can't even hold a candle to Sandra Grace Martinez, uh, the uh, wonderful. Uh, beautiful uh, mental health resident that we have on our show, but she's not feeling well, and her brother uh, is going through some issues, I believe, with COVID, so we need to be praying for them. Uh, But anyway, so when we come back from the show, let's talk a little bit about uh, how y'all's marriage uh, has kind of uh, uh, gone through these times. You said you've been there for three years. And uh, is that how long, uh, I think that's how long you said you've been married as well, Tyler, Chelsea? 
Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we've been, been married for three years. years, but we were together prior than that, prior to that. Okay, okay. So if y'all don't mind, if y'all don't mind, I would just like kind of want to. I, I look, look. What I want to do is I want to humanize both sides of this of this problem, and that's what we're not doing. You know, we want to try to humanize one side of a problem that is a problem where people are actually committing crimes and it's already a hard sell. But I also want to be transparent about what the correctional officer goes through in his men- uh, mentally, uh, uh, through his family units, uh, all those things, because I want to bring us together on some common ground where we can you know, have some bills that we can pass that are humane and where everyone agrees they're humane, not just, not just one side. We're not, not, not even where we agree, where we know these conditions are inhumane and they need to be changed to a humane. There are some very simple solutions out there to some very big problems in the criminal justice system here in Texas. And I believe that we can get to them, but we need to talk from both sides of the fence. Even if it's not, even though I don't see you that way, Tyler, I want to hear what you have to say and Chelsea from the other side. Because uh, uh, I, I want to see how you view, view that. But anyway, so we're going to take a break, Christopher. If you'll just take us into a quick break, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes with uh, Tyler and Chelsea Hemrick, who are our, our guests today. One's a correctional officer and one's a stay-at-home, stay-at-home mom who used to work at a, uh, a facility that held about 28 inmates for jail that were uh, in different uh, phases of uh, illnesses. So anyway... We're having some great conversations. They're married, and they are going. Uh, they're they're navigating this thing well, and I love to have them on the show. So we're going to talk to them after the break. We'll see y'all in just a few minutes. This is Cell Life, and I'm Michael Sabias. You're, you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Sabias right now on TPV Radio.
You're, you're, you're listening, listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Michael again with Cell Life. We're coming back to you after the break. Uh, this is day 103 in a year-long experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside the walls. So we have a couple, a married couple, one is a correctional officer, and one used to work as a nurse or a nurse's aide in a uh, in a hospice unit where uh, inmates were being housed, and some were uh, elderly, and just saw a lot of different things. And we've talked about that uh, quite enough today already on the show. What I want to talk about now, uh, Tyler and uh, Chelsea, I want to. I want to talk about how, uh, first of all, the marriage. I want to talk about the marriage a little bit and how it survived uh, these three years and and how you all see it going forward because I know that uh, the uh, divorce rate, uh, Tyler, me and Tyler have spoke, to, spoke about it before, is fairly high uh, when you come to correctional officers. And uh, there's a there's a lot of reasons for that, and we can talk about them as well. But I also want to talk about the mental health issue. And if you, Tyler, personally, uh, are experiencing any, are you dealing with anything like that? And uh, you know, if you feel like uh, you want to share with us some of those issues. Uh, you know, I would appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, those are just some of the questions I have after the break. And I'm going to give you all the floor, Tyler and Chelsea. You all can go back and forth as you like. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and listen and uh, gain some knowledge, okay? Okay, so I think I'm going to kind of take the lead. Um, Tyler, he can get a little bit nervous talking about his mental health. Um, So, yeah, it's – We knew each other prior to getting married, obviously, and I guess we were just like a normal couple, you know, and we got married, Tyler got this job, and it's been hard. It's been really hard Um, just just dealing with everything. You know, I'm not really a a religious or spiritual person, or I wasn't, Um, but I remember the very first day that he went to work Um, It was after training, and he was actually going into the prison, and I just sat there, and I cried. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I could not stop crying, and I just remember praying, you know, and, you know, like I said, I wasn't really spiritual, um, but I was just sitting there praying praying to, I didn't even know who or what, um, and I just wanted him to be protected because I was so so scared. Amen, amen. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. I know that where I worked in the hospital is different than actually being in a prison. Um, So I I didn't know what he was walking into. Um, And it was very hard. And, you know, to this day, I still do it every morning. Um, I hear him get up, and he's getting ready for work, and he kisses me goodbye. And I hear him shut the door. And that's my, like, little ritual is every morning when I hear him shut the door, I just ask for him to be protected and, you know, let him come home safe. And it's been, it's been very hard. That is so sweet. We love y'all so much. Y'all are the sweetest, y'all are the sweetest couple. (laughs) 
And y'all are going yeah. through some major, major issues, and we love y'all. So keep going. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, it's just been really hard. Um, I. It, it's funny that we're talking about mental health because working with inmates that have struggled with their mental health, I've worked with all different kinds of mental health issues, depression, um, bipolar, everything. And I'm great at giving other people advice and coping skills and things like that. But when it comes to myself, I don't take my own advice. Tyler is the one that actually pointed out to me, like, hey, I think you're depressed. You need to go and see someone about that. Um, And I did, and I was diagnosed with depression. Um, But I'm also a worrier. I worry about everything make-believe situations, I'll, like, make them up in my head, like, oh, my gosh, what if he gets jumped today, you know, or or anything, and then I'd give myself a panic attack. Um, so, yeah, since since I've been on medication, things have been a lot easier, um, for me, anyway, but then Tyler started to struggle, and I was like, you know, we have to get you to a doctor, too, you know, this is important to keep you alive. And he agreed to go, and he was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Um, And it took a while to get his medication um, correct. But, um, you know, what he's on now, he's doing a lot better. Um, The PTSD does have to do with working in the prison. Um, Just because the the correctional officers have to be on guard all the time. You have to constantly be aware of your surroundings, and, you know, you have to not only watch your own back, but watch everyone else's back, too, um, to make sure that the inmates are not fighting with each other or fighting with the other officers or, or whoever. So they're Sure. Just, yeah, so that, that has played a big role in our home life. Um, not that he's he, – Tyler can't control the PTSD – Um, But just little things that I've noticed, um, like, that I do in my routine, like, um, there was one day he was doing the dishes, and the way that our kitchen is, his back was to me, and I guess he didn't hear me walk into the kitchen, and he just turned around really quick, and, you know, not that he was going to do anything crazy, but he gets startled very easily, he doesn't like loud noises. Um, you know, so we really have to pay attention and try to keep um, keep everybody safe here, too. Right. Sure. So, yeah, it's been, it's been really hard. Um, he, the weird thing about him having PTSD and, and working in the prison still is when he comes home, it's the same question. How was your day? Did anything happen at work today? Do you want to talk about it? And he always said, no, things were, things were great. Things were fine, you know. But he was always very quiet. Um, there was really no substance to the conversation. And But the thing is, is once we finally opened up and we started talking about the real stuff that was happening and the things that he was seeing in the prison, um, is yeah. he said that he didn't want to burden me with the things that he was seeing and what he was going through. And I can understand that, you know, he's my husband and he's trying to protect me, but I also want to be there for him and to understand what he's going through, talk about it, and maybe we could work it out together, you know, or you can talk to your supervisor 
and maybe come up with a plan at home or at work, I'm sorry, to kind of avoid those triggers for him. Um, right. So, yeah, the biggest thing with us is just communication is is like the number one most important thing for us. We have to be honest about how we're feeling and what he's going through at work. Even though it might be hurtful for me to hear and it might trigger my depression, if we ignore it, it's not going to go away. So it's better to just go ahead and talk about it and then get the help that we need, whether it's just communicating with each other or going to see like a therapist or a counselor or something. Sure. So, so, so you too have gone through some issues because of all this. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's the, I'm, I'm not, I don't know the, the inmate's name or anything like that. Um, but there was an inmate, um, not too long ago, it was a few months ago who attempted suicide and, pretty much succeeded um when I know when the officers found him he was unresponsive but they were able to bring him back and it was Tyler's job to go and be with him at the hospital and that really took a lot out of him because he was working 16-hour shifts every single day and I knew that he was going to be gone all day he missed a lot with our son um, you know, and at night we were sitting, my, my son and I, we were sitting down for dinner and we were eating alone and it just felt like our family wasn't complete and it was really hard on my mental health as well. Right. So, I mean, not only does he see a lot, you know, and, and he goes through it. And I think that Tyler like can absorb some of their emotions too, because obviously prison is not a happy place to be. And, you know, when, when some of the inmates are upset or they've had a family member die um, or they're just kind of feeling sorry for themselves, you know, and they need someone to talk to. So they'll go and talk to a CEO. They'll talk to Tyler. And I think that Tyler kind of absorbs some of that emotion from them because sure. it, it sucks. It really does, you know, because these, these people, they committed a crime. They're away from their family. They don't, have a lot of options and when they ask for certain things they're usually told no and it's hard you know for everybody yeah yeah I want to uh, we have we have a couple of callers I want to take uh, okay. see if we can take some questions Tyler real quick uh, let's see what we got on the line uh, Christopher can you go ahead and patch one through and see what we got uh, yes sir uh, caller uh, for security purposes, we will only read the last four digits of your phone number. So 9043, 9043, you're on Cell Life with Michael Savalos. Good evening. Hello, how are you doing, Please forgive me, I'm outside. Uh, I don't have any questions, I'm just listening. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Cool. Okay, what would you like to say? Oh, I just said I'm I'm just in, uh, listening today, getting educated. I don't have any questions to ask. I don't have anyone um, that uh, ever has been close to me that has been incarcerated. So I'm just getting educated today, but I thank you for the opportunity to speak. Okay, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Christopher, let's go ahead and go to the next caller and see what we got. All right. 8188, 
8188. You are on the line with Michael Cavallo. This is Cell Life. My brother Michael, how are you doing, bro? This is John, bro. What's going on, Mike? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. It was good to see you on the live feed yesterday. Sorry I couldn't be yes, there. Sir. Man, but it looks like looks like we're we're we're, we're, we're fighting a good fight, bro. And uh yeah. for Tyler Tyler and his missus coming on. I appreciate y'all talking to Mike, appreciate y'all even friending Mike. Uh I know it's difficult at times because people put a stigma on 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 somebody that has been incarcerated and that is no longer incarcerated. So uh, thank y'all both again for that. Uh, I guess my question is really kind of for both. Um, let me, hey, hey Michael, let me say something real quick, Mike. Uh, Tyler and Chelsea, uh, Michael is one of my oldest friends. Uh, we went to school together, and we have we have lost touch throughout the years when I was in prison. But every time I get out, we 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 reconnect, and he has been one of my biggest supporters in this whole uh, experience. So I just want to share that with y'all, but go ahead, Michael. Okay. I guess uh, I'll, I'll go to Chelsea first. Now, Chelsea, I know uh, you're supporting your man. You mentioned your, your depression. Um, but I mean, not only that being a mom, so I know you, your job is not easy being, because you're, if you're at home with your baby and, and or young son, it, it's tough. I know that. But how are y'all? I want to know how. I guess how are y'all coming together? I mean, because sometimes y'all can't go to see, uh, I guess, a psychiatrist or even even a family doctor to get the help, without maybe uh, Tyler getting a stigma or a, a, a badge put on him. Then, hey man, Tyler can't handle his job because he's he's going to go see the shrink or something like that. I've heard that that's sometimes that's what happens, is that hey that that, that you know that CEO is weak because he's he's seeing the shrink. So how how do y'all face this together? How do y'all help each other? Hey, thanks. So it has been extremely difficult. And to be honest, I don't really know how we come together. We just do it. Um, <laughs> we, we are 100% honest, even if it hurts, even if the other person is crying, upset. We have to be honest 100%. And we make specific times for each other. Usually it's at night when we're going to bed. That way we're not distracted by our son. Um, but we have like deep talks about how we're feeling. And when Tyler was first diagnosed with PTSD, it was very hard for him because he felt like, like it was tattooed on his forehead. You know, especially going to work he was out of work for about two weeks on short-term disability trying to get his medication straight. And that was actually a cause of one of his breakdowns was because this was a new diagnosis and neither one of us have ever had to deal with a significant other or a family member that has had PTSD. So he was just kind of like acting on impulse and I was trying to learn on how to calm him down um, how I should handle situations where he feels out of control. Um, and, you know, with the COVID thing, we could not actually go and sit down and speak with a counselor. Everything was done over the phone. Um, and we we each have our own separate therapist, but we're able to have group conversations, just the three of us, so we can all talk about how we feel, how the medication is working, um, 
yeah, he in the beginning say, he struggled a lot. He felt like he was say like Mike, a man. Mike, Mike, yeah. mute your mute, mute your uh, microphone when you're not talking, brother, please. Gotcha. Go ahead, oh, I'm I'm <laughs> Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was really hard for him in the beginning um, because it was a new diagnosis and we didn't know what we were doing at all. Um, we, I didn't know how to help. Um, and it was difficult for him to talk to me about what he was going through. And he didn't even know what he needed at that time. So he couldn't actually tell me, Hey, I just need you to listen. Does that make any sense? Yeah, sure. So it makes ton of sense, I guess, because the hardest, the hardest thing is we can be with Tyler is, is as a man, as a man, as a man, we're, we're supposed to be almost invincible. We're supposed to be a rock. We, we can't, we can't cry. We can't hurt. We can't feel pain. Just all that—that's that's like that's our stigma, and then, and then being a CO is that, that's it's up there too, because I you know I, I don't want to see you I don't want you to see me break down. I guarantee Tyler's probably saying the same. Absolutely. He, he don't want he don't want to see you. He, you know he don't want to see you want to see him cry. You don't want to see him upset or anything. But I'm just you know, I know I'll, I'll, I'll had... go ahead. No, I, I just know I just I've been in that same boat though. Where, where he's at, where he, I've got to be the, I've got to be the brick of everything. My, I've had my, my first wife; she was sick, and so I had to take care of everything. And then it was like, you couldn't see me cry because I had to hold it, the family together, which was nuts. But you know, it, it is what yeah. it is. It's just life. We've had so many arguments over that specifically because, you know, that stigma. You know, guys don't cry. Guys have to be the, the the tough man in the relationship and you're supposed to care for your wives and yeah you know men are supposed to care for their wives but women are caring creatures you know and we we love the the men that we're with and we don't want to see you guys upset or cry or hurt and we want to help heal that we want to you know be there for you and the biggest thing is just erasing that stigma if you need to cry it's 100% okay to cry you don't have to do it in public in front of everybody you could just do it in the quiet of your own home you have yeah. to release yourself of that emotion in order to be I'm able a to crier. move forward I'm a crier Chelsea me too I cry every time I hear your show <laughs> I cry I cry and 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 look I want to tell y'all that Michael that's calling in. His his son is a police officer, so Michael also has to deal with a lot of things that are going on right now with 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 the police and all these different things. But I just want to give a shout out to Michael's son, who's out there doing his job and and doing the best he can. And I just want to thank you so much, Michael, for being a part of this show. You have been a part of this show since since the day before its inception or its actual starting. And uh, uh, you've just been a joy. And, uh, and uh, you know, Tyler, I want to know if Tyler uh, wants to answer any of that or say or add any, anything to that, to Michael's question. Um, basically... He hit the nail right on the head. Like 
me, I really don't want to talk about much. I try not to. It's like that male stigma, basically. Like, you you don't want to really put your emotions out. At least that's just me. Um, You don't want to put your emotions out. You don't want to seem weak in front of the wife, kids, especially the kids. Um, I don't want to, especially with inmates, like, you got to hold your emotions together because one you can't you can't get your emotion you can't get emotional at work you don't want to break down and cry that would just put a label on you i the the inmates i'm not soft that's that's how it is they they know they know that at work that i'm not soft i'm nothing like that and if you cry at work or something like that that just automatically takes away whatever reputation you have and reputation Obviously, you know, in 30-some 30, 30 years in prison or something like that, yeah. it, it matters much. And you yeah, don't want to mess yeah. Hopefully that answered some of that question. Mike, you still on with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I mean, like, I, I, I was hoping I didn't hit nail on the head with Tyler, but uh, but I'm, I'm just saying, okay, so I guess, and the other thing is, so with, with like Michael, um, and this is going to be for another show as well, but uh, so being, I, I hear you being soft, but it's not also being soft because there, there's times where, hey, man, I mean, he, he could be the model prisoner. I mean, never gives you a problem. He does whatever you ask. He helps you out. If you ever, if you were, you know, even getting bombarded by a couple other ones and he was to even help you out and you even told your Sarge, hey, man, you know, Savios was back there. He had my back. He helped me take this other guy down because he was acting full. Um, but when Mike, like when Mike, Mike told me, you know, it, it broke my heart when he said, you know, I, I didn't, it was hard to get, to, I didn't get to talk to my mom. She was passing, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess because the way we're we're brought up now, even now, we're not supposed to show any emotion because you know he he committed a crime, but it wasn't a violent crime. I mean, he and he's doing his time, uh, but you know. The, the human nature has to set in somewhere, even behind those walls, that, hey, man, this guy's going through one of the hardest things in his life is losing his mother. He's losing his father. He's maybe even losing a child. Uh, and, I mean, so, what, so, Tyler, what do you see, I guess, on the inside for these guys? And, and, not, every, and not every CEO is going to have to deal with that. But, I mean, is, is there a chaplain that they can talk to? Is, I mean, I, I, just, I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm just trying to find out. So we had a chaplain. This is where I'm from. We had one, but a lot of that stuff got put on hold because COVID, we can't really have anybody coming in and out of the uh, prison like that. So right now we, I have, I've had inmates come up and talk to me. Um, Obviously not in the pod. They'll come to the slide, say little things and I'll be like, yeah, man, that that's pretty good. Or, like, yeah, man, that that sucks, and like, I really can't get in a detailed conversation with them because then you're looking at fraternization, and I'm not losing my job for any person. So, it it it's definitely, especially with COVID going on, it is definitely a more negative environment than it usually is. But um, on the usual, we do have a chaplain, and um, he he was actually an ex inmate. And he usually, it seemed like every day that man made his rounds 
with the entire prison population, seeing so you know, how everybody was, and they could always make an appointment to go talk with them. So they always have that person, and it's just like a right now it's just a little bit of a routine mess up. So they they usually do have that person to talk to, but with COVID, not right now. So that's so that's just one more thing that one more tool that that has been taken away from them, like not not purposely, but through circumstances that that has been taken away from the inmate. And uh you know, but life's supposed to be the same for for them. And and we've lost all these little tools and rights during this pandemic uh that 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 it's look, I can just imagine okay I fought. I was on the unit that fought here in Texas for uh, air conditioning. Okay, some of my good friends were the leaders on that on that on that deal, which means nothing. It gives me no credibility whatsoever. They were just some friends of mine. I'm just sharing that. But I was over there, and uh, some of the and, and some of the practices that they were doing and, and just all the work that it took to get air conditioned on, on a, on a medical unit with the average age. Well, I'm, I mean, some dorms average age is 70, 72, 73 years old. We're talking about a very old population. And we were talking about this yesterday. Sandra Grace was talking about this yesterday on, on, on the uh, live feed uh, that I did not get to talk to, which I'm still in my feelings about, but that's okay. Uh, we'll just talk a little bit about it here. But uh, what I'm saying is that uh, uh, can y'all still hear me? Oh, yeah, I'm still on. Okay. Yeah, man, can hear you all right. So anyway, uh, what was I telling you, Tyler? Hold on. I got to think I was about just it. telling y'all. I, I, I lost my train of thought Stop because fighting, my phone. Fighting crazy on your pod. Or... No, Mike. Mike, okay, yeah. you, were talk, you were talking about the, uh, you, you were with the fight to help the, get the AC st- yeah. started with your unit. Okay, I can imagine. Because look, this only goes from unit to unit. This 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 lawsuit, this class action lawsuit, only applied to that one unit. And there's 150 units or something. Okay, so so they're making each unit file their own lawsuit. Okay, but during this time, I mean, this heat, you know, right now during COVID. And they're not allowing these people to move to get to uh, uh, to get to respite areas. It's going to cause more deaths because because the respiratory. There's just um, I mean they just do not have the facilities for it here in Texas, and we're having an outbreak that is astronomical here in the Texas uh, Department of Criminal Justice. I hope I hope that when this is over, that that some heads roll. In a way, not in a not in a mean way, but in a way of responsibility, because it has been a just the same way uh, 
uh, it was handled in the United States. Uh, it was handled even worse in the Texas prison system. If, if, if there's a way that it could have been handled worse, it was in the Texas prison system. We're not going to get political, but we are going to say that uh, I do not agree with how things are being handled with the COVID-19 in the United States or especially in the prison system. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, saying that, yeah, so just I was talking about the heat and what it's going to do to these men that are already suffering from these different ailments and because we lose hundreds of men a year just due to the heat alone without COVID. So with COVID, uh, uh, where these men cannot speak, uh, uh, seek respite because there's no movement on the unit, uh, that's going to be a problem. People are going to boil. People are going to fry to death in these cells. And they're going to be sick from COVID. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, I'm not trying to be too gruesome on uh, this Christian radio station, but I am a Christian, and I left a lot of brothers back there that 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 love the Lord. They are sold out for the Lord, and I believe in them, and I want to try and do anything I can to bring their voice to a platform where they can be heard. Uh, uh, because uh, you know some of them. You know, it's time to let, look, there's a bunch of men sitting in prison right now, right this very moment, that have been ready to go. They have done every program. They have been eligible for parole for 10 years at least. There's more than, some of them more than that. And they keep, and they keep doing the right thing, and they keep getting set off for the same thing over, over and over and over again, and they do not know what to do to change that. How can they change something that cannot be changed, like uh, your criminal history? Okay, I can't change my criminal history. Tell me what I need to do, a program that I can do where you take that off my parole uh, 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 denial because I've because I have accomplished something that takes that off, and now I've met another requirement, and now let me go because I've done everything else. You know, I want a chance at life. I want to be there when these men get out. I want to be in Huntsville, and I want to be at these Beeville where these men are being released in my little RV, my little uh, my little cell life RV, speaking to this to these men and empowering them immediately upon their release, having stuff for them, having boxes. I want to start a box campaign of, of, of hygiene and boxers and socks and a, a, a pair of sweats maybe, a pair of tennis shoes, uh, 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 something for we can give these men when they're released. Some of them have nothing, y'all. Some of them don't have family. I mean, what are we going to do? Are we going to help these men? Uh, 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 make a better Texas, make a better society, make a better community, make a better man. Yes, yes, we are. I am. 
and I want y'all to take on this fight with me. And I know that a lot of people have, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate that uh, Tyler and Chelsea uh, came on the show today. They are, uh, they are, they are not on any side of the fence. They are people. They are people that are working, working people, man. They are working people, and they have a family, and they're concerned about different things. And they're friends of they're friends of mine, and they're friends of the show, and we're friends of theirs. And we want the best for them. And so uh, I, I really wish Sandra Grace would have been on the show today because I know that she would have added a very nice uh, twist and uh, this all together, which I'm not really good at. I do want to ask for closing uh, statements from uh, Chelsea first, of course, and then uh, and then we'll end it with Tyler. And then I'll just give my announcements, and we'll go ahead and close out. So, Chelsea, if you would like to say anything. Mike, if you're still on the line, thank you so much, brother. We love you. You know I love you. I love you more than a, a fat kid loves cake, brother. You're my boy. Uh, 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 and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll be talking to you more. I, I actually need to speak to you more. Uh, I'm missing my brother. So, anyway, I'm going to go to Chelsea. Chelsea. If you have any closing statements that you would like to make and uh, just talk to the audience before we go, uh, the floor is yours, ma'am. Go ahead. Okay. um, I don't really have anything specific to say, really. Um, You know, I just – I thank you for having me on the show. Well, well, we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I hope that – I hope that 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 it was a uh uh productive. I hope that 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 you enjoyed being on here. We appreciate you sharing personal uh personal information, personal experiences. Uh most people uh won't do that. And uh you know, I really appreciate you doing that. Uh we uh we love Tyler. And uh, so, uh, you know, you're all in that. We love you, too, and we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, If that's all you got, I'm going to go ahead and go to Tyler. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Chelsea. Tyler, what's up, my boy? Well, man, I really don't have much to say. Uh, No, 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 no. I need you. I need you to close (laughs) me out. Look. All right, man. I'm I ain't, I ain't I trying can. to hear that, brother. Hold on. I would, I can. I've um, got uh, I've got 20 I, minutes. So I will I will I will run with this as much as I can for 20 minutes, but you're going to have to help me. Yeah, yeah. I need you to I need you to rant for about 10 minutes, and then I'll close the show out. This is the thing that um. First off, I would like to talk to you about it. Um, you said that you really want to start off uh, like a little package for inmates coming out of prison and stuff like that. Um, so I used to work at a funeral home, and if they are looking for a job or anything like that and they need a tie or anything, I have hundreds of ties that where I used to work at the funeral home that I will send to you if you'd like them. Excellent. Absolutely. We would love that. 
We want to build. We, we want to build. Go ahead. We have so many ties. If these men are getting out of prison and they need health clothing um, to to dress up for their interviews, please, I would be more than willing to make a package. <laughs> Good. Look, look, send me some ties. Send some ties to our P.O. box, Tyler. Uh, yes, we want, no we want to start. I'm, I'm going to start meeting these men at at Huntsville, I'm going to start going. I'm, uh, I know I'm supposed to be in the cell, but right now I don't have a mobile cell. So at least once a week, I'm going to go film live from Huntsville where these men are being released, and I'll pass out these ties, and, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, we will start something. That is a, definitely a great start. Well, I think if it was up to Chelsea, she'll be trying to get rid of my whole wardrobe because I really have a thing about getting rid of clothes. So <laughs> she, she would she would definitely be on that. Yes. Yes. We yeah. want dress dress shirts, shoes, all of it. Like we need to get it out of this house. <laughs> okay. Well, I look, think I have six, right, like sixteen pairs of shoes. We need we need people to send this stuff to our PO box so that we can start uh, clothing and uh, 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 getting these men started. I want to be there. I want to be there upon their release. Some men, there's nobody there for them, and they got to go spend some of their fifty dollars that they get on clothing because they don't. You know, they gave them some something that don't fit. You know, I want to build some type of of clothing data, uh, some type of uh, where I can clothe these men. I'll take a a, a sale, a U-Haul truck sale, and I'll and and I'll go post up, and I will clothe these men when they're coming out, and I will get to talk to them, and uh, I I will have a chance. I, it will give me a chance to maybe speak and empower somebody. And speak some truth into somebody's life, Tyler. Me and Chelsea, I I have been, I haven't really talked about it with many people, but I've talked about it with Chelsea. Um, so I've been looking into getting out of corrections, going into parole, because I really wanted to be a police officer. I really wanted to do that work, but sure. uh, with everything going on, I I really don't feel comfortable doing that at the moment. So. Um, we've been talking about going into, well, me going into parole, and I, I've been wanting to help out people that are freshly out of prison. Um, even juveniles, we we can't forget about those guys. They they Absolutely. are still technically locked up in juvenile hall. So, give me a couple really of months, and I'm gonna give me a couple of months, and I'm gonna be able to offer you a job, hopefully. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's the I plan really, right really now. Hope, I really want to get in touch with the juveniles as well and help them go on the right path as well. That That's just my plan. I'm freestyling off my head at the moment um, sure. because the thing is some of those kids, they don't have nobody, and if you can get them into the right path, the right people, right connections, they can change their way of thinking and from – 
a way of crime or the way they're used used to thinking and get them into college or get them into a trade school and make them successful in life and they don't have to worry about going 10, 20, 30, even a year in prison. I think that um, we need to start with the youth and that will help um, de-escalate the amount of people that we get in prison. I don't even know if that's sure. the word that word, but um Absolutely. And and, you know, and, and like, that is adding, Go ahead. Adding on to that, um it was a while ago, maybe a few years ago, I read a statistic that um the these kids when their fathers are away in prison that they're fifty percent more likely to go to prison themselves as an adult. So it really is starting with the kids and you know, it, even if they're their dad is already in prison. Um, you could be like a mentor to them and kind of help and guide them and, and, you know, set them up for a better future, you know? Sure, sure. And they have, I mean, they have some great programs, the Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America. They they, they have some great programs yes. out there. But, uh, uh, you know, we we want to we want to band together with them, but we also – you know, want to do our own thing. We want to bring a different dynamic. We are an unconventional ministry, uh, uh, and we want to be able to come to them on a uh, on a level that they can understand. And uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So I am all excited. Uh, I'm 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 not like ecstatic that you want to get out of the correctional field. I am really, but what I'm really crazy about is that I hope I can monetize this idea some way so I can give you a good job. That would be amazing. Like I'm looking for like $300,000 a year doing hour work today, just to let you know. But, uh, no, that, that, that would, that's uh, always the fantasy number, but, um, Honestly, sure, anyways, sure, sure. I can help obviously. Hey, you got to write that the, down. You have to write that down and post it somewhere, and that's the number you're shooting for. That's what I got up right now. I got a $10 million, I got a $10 million sign up in my cell. I mean, it's five years down the road, but it's up. And I have smaller goals, but that's just one of my larger ones. I think what Tyler is aiming for is to, like, help as many people as possible. And being in the prison and being an officer, he's kind of limited to what he can do. And maybe being in parole would give him a better opportunity to reach more people. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you'll be right there on the front lines. You'll be out there. You'll you'll, you'll be able to assist them. Absolutely. um, I think that's a great idea. If there are any, like, moms out there that are listening and you need someone to talk to, I can, like, put my information, give it to you. Um, And I know that, like, maybe we're on different sides of the fence being a prison wife and a wife of a CO. But at the end of the day, like, we're all humans and we all need someone to talk to. So I'm a good listener, you know. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Post it. Put, Put that information on my uh, on my timeline, uh, Chelsea, on my Cell Life and my Michael Ceballos, both pages, and I will get that out 
because there's definitely uh, we have a big group. We got the uh, we got the housewives of Cell Life, so uh, okay. Uh, they yeah they definitely uh, we got a big group and we want to definitely uh, intertwine y'all and get y'all talking about issues that maybe uh, y'all can come up with some great ideas on how to make things better. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. So let me let me kind of see where I'm at. Uh, I got 11 minutes. Tyler, you got about three more minutes, Tyler. So the other, the other thing is that, um, like, I'm not saying inmates are just getting out or, like, just to throw them away or anything like that. So I don't want it to sound like that, but... Um, I like I said for me, I guess it's just me being a father. I really care about the kids, and I really want to see them not make those um, mistakes going down the road to lead them into going into prison or to lead them uh, doing any kind of uh, any more time than they already have or had done. And I just sure. think about if we can stop those kids from those heartaches, we'd be a whole lot better nation and than I what we are right now. We, we I agree with you. My, my son. The markups. Yeah, yeah. My son is a is a is a product of a parent of an of an incarcerated, uh, you know, a son of an incarcerated parent, and. Uh, so that is definitely close to my heart. The 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 things. Thank God uh, he didn't take the same path I did because he had a great mother. But uh, but yes, I I I, I definitely uh, agree with you on all of that. One aspect I want to uh, uh, add to that is that if we because see these men. Of these children that we're talking about Are coming back into these families You know Eventually Most of them Most of them honestly So Why not Work on both sides And meet in the middle Because I'm telling you These men Are going to I want these men to be able to teach their own children You know what I'm saying I want these okay. men Because because what the deal is Is there's so much power So much power in a name Okay Especially when it's given to you From your father Just like, just like our father in heaven You know It's a very Very powerful thing And we need to re- uh, 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 connect these children with their fathers if their fathers are prepared to start uh, nurturing and 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 working with these children in a way that they've never done before because that's what it's going to take. So I want I want to have some type of program where we can truly maybe FaceTime. Where we can bring videos in, we can show accomplishments of children, you know, some of their some of their uh, 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 prom night recitals, plays. I want we I want to build a database from all these people that have recorded these, and I want to 
present them to see and see if we can show these on the different units where these different men are and have a little show where they can see some accomplishments of their children and start building on a relationship because children want their parents, their parents, no matter where they are, their children want their parents to see their accomplishments. Well, the thing is just because the parent is locked up doesn't mean it's not being affected with it. The whole family is basically doing the bid with them the entire time. And um, I have a question. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, so I don't really know how visitation works in prison. I know that they have, like, video chats. Um, And, of course, this might be, like, a really big goal to shoot for. But, like, I can imagine being in a prison cell and missing my children. So, like, let's, let's say that it's their kid's birthday. Would it be possible to let them video chat, like, maybe during a birthday party so they feel more included and yeah, the child yeah, feels like their parent is there? That's what I'm talking about. Exactly, exactly, Chelsea. This, these are the things that I want to bring forward because these are the things that are going to make a difference on both sides. Just like Tyler, we're working with them on this end, but we're also allowing the father and the mother to speak truth and to speak a positivity into the child's life where he's supposed to be getting it. You know what I'm saying? And and it means right, right. so much more. It means so much more when it's coming from 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 your father or your mother just because you love them so much. It's it, it it's it's uh, 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 the love a child gives to their parent is just it's just it's unbelievable. Unconditional. So, so yeah. So okay, so now we we just created a uh, uh, a channel where where we're going to try to funnel. We're going to try to build a database where we can, uh, which should not be hard, because we're just building a database of videos of that people already have. They already have these videos of these children doing these amazing feats that we can share. Already, all we all we need to do is build a database and and convince TDC to allow us to show these and humanize uh, uh, these situations. So anyway, y'all, we're running short on time. I love y'all so much, uh, Chelsea and uh, Tyler. Thank thank y'all for being on the show. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and close out. Uh, uh, with some uh, with some cell life stuff. Uh, and just kind of give them some of our addresses. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, my name is Michael Ceballos. Uh, this is Cell Life. This is day 103 in a year-long experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that comics face inside and outside the walls. We had a couple on today that are uh, a commercial officer and his wife who's a stay-at-home wife. We had a great conversation on uh, just family, uh, love, uh, uh, support, and just uh, getting through different crises and uh, uh, just making it just like everyone else, just like anyone else. So 
There are two sides to the coin on this, on these issues, but they're very, very similar. And if we can find some common ground, I think we can make some true changes. This is Cell Life. My name is Michael Savios. This is Day 103. Catch us on Facebook. We're live every night at 9 p.m. except for Sundays, uh, Central Time. And uh, we have the podcast every week on Sunday from 4.30 to 6.30. Please tune in. You can catch us on TikTok. You can catch us on TikTok, which is Prison Cell Life. That is our handle there. And you can catch us on YouTube, which is Prison. No, which is, I'm sorry, Cell Life, Prison on the Outside. I need y'all to go subscribe, uh, 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 follow. I need all that. We're trying to build up to where we can go live on all these platforms and speak to more people. Please forgive me for some of my language today. I will get better, I promise. I love y'all, and we will see y'all next week. This is Cell Life, and I'm Michael Ceballos. Texas. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.